If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. All right. Hello and welcome to the Newborn Mothers podcast today. I'm chatting with Leonie Dawson. And Leonie, I first came across your work through Victoria Gibson, who was a business coach I had many years ago, who gifted me one year the your, um, your goals books, your shining life and your shining biz goals books. And they were so beautiful, you know, the printed copies. I don't think you do that anymore, do you? No, I still do them. Oh, you I've still just got for uh, 2021, yeah. our 11th year. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I had a, I can't even remember such a long time ago when, when she sent them to me. And having something so pretty and so visual, so tactile, I really, really loved it. Um, yeah, so that was quite a few years ago. And I'll let you introduce yourself because you do like a thousand different things and, um, yeah. You, you can explain. <laughs> oh, sure. I just, I'm one of those people who has failed to niche who can never explain what they do. I just, I talk a lot on the internet and I run a bunch of courses on how to build your business and how to, you know, create e-courses and how to write your book and how to manage your money and basically anything I feel interested in, then I will write a course on it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really one of my main things I think of when I think of you is just that infinite creativity, just um, you're constantly creating new things and exploring new ideas, which I think is really awesome. Um, and I guess the first question is, how do you find time to do that? This is a question that annoys me as a woman, but everyone asks it. And I think it is worth discussing. <laughs> but you've got two kids who you homeschool. I um, homeschooled up until this year and then yeah. they went to school for six weeks and then pandemic schooled. So they're back at school now. So it's the first time in a, in a decade that we've been with our children at home. Um, Which so, is like almost the whole life of your business, right? I mean, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, completely. So I've only really ever had limited hours to work on my business about 10 hours a week. It's usually like, by about one o'clock, I'm ready to lose my shit. You know what I mean? Like I've run out of patience. I've run out of the will to live. Um, and so that's when I go and work. <laughs> um, and I love working. And so then I have a couple of hours and then get back into the family flow of things. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've purposefully built a business model where I've been able to, you know, I've sold over $10 million in revenue. Um, but I've only done it in really short bursts of time because my family comes first. Yeah, I think I I think it's really interesting. I remember when I was growing my business and same, I always tell people 10 hours a week is all you need to start a business. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that same magic number. Um, but I actually think when I was starting my business and only working, you know, such few hours, it meant that I created this business with a lot of support, a lot of really automated systems, a lot of hyper-focus on what was actually important to me. Um, and I watch other people who started businesses at the same time who didn't have children or had older kids or perhaps who were dads so they didn't feel that burden of caring so strongly. Um, they've built themselves like jobs, you know, like, yeah. like actually the end result is that I have a business with so much freedom and so much joy 
and um, and they're still slogging it, you know. So it's it's a it's a, it feels really hard at the time, but I think it's actually a blessing as well. It's completely true. I'm so grateful that my first kid was such a difficult baby. Um, you know, she just cried constantly, never slept, uh, and I was a solo breadwinner, so I had to make it work around all of that. Um, and I only had very small pockets of time, so you have to just get the important stuff done and ignore the rest. Being a mother in business will really force you to adhere to Pareto's principle in that 20% of your work creates 80% of your results. And um, it's this, that's like the economic rule and it applies across like so much, so much data. Um, and so I always tell people if you are working too much and not getting results, like reduce your work hours, work out what's really important here, what actually gets you results, what actually gets you money and then just kill off everything else. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've frequently done that. And I didn't know that about you, but I'm the same. My oldest was a really difficult baby, cried all the time, never slept. And um, I don't know if our kids are about the same age, but that my daughter's 10 now. So that yeah, was same. The, yeah, so that was the year of the economic um, recession. And my husband lost his job as well at the same time. So we were very in a very similar situation where I didn't have the luxury of being able to you know, like have a little bit little hobby or mum blog kind of thing on the side. I was like, yeah. no, nah, I either have to make money or do something else. So yep. it was yep. a very difficult learning curve. I wouldn't necessarily wish that on anyone, but now that I'm on the other side of it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant thing, right? It's like, you know, how, how do you engineer for yourself one, the absolute burning need to make money because that's what your family needs to survive. And two, a baby that does not give you much time in order to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like that pressure cooker. So what I want to know, and this is a question I've been asking a lot of women lately, is during the pandemic when, you know, everything just fell apart and obviously your kids were back at home again, did you fall back into gender roles or not? Oh, uh, no, we, we are a relatively gender-free household, and I feel very grateful for that. Um, I'm probably the more shit in terms of housework and stuff like that. Um, so my husband does all of the, the kitchen, like cleans all of the kitchen. I've never cleaned a toilet in the last 20 years. Like, um, so, and I, I, I'm very grateful for it him being raised by a feminist mother who did not pick up after him and did like, was like, you, well, you clean that up. Like she treated him like a housemate. And I really appreciate that. Um, so in some ways, like, yes, I tend to pick up a little bit more of like the, the kids school work stuff, but then my husband has them in the afternoon while I go and work. And then he's got, you know, they're like, they've got a Minecraft world they're building together. And then they have these long conversations for hours and I zone out because I have no idea what they're talking about. And it's fine anyway, because I don't need to know that much information. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like, I, I've always rebelled about uh, against being a good wife. Um, because I saw my mom and my, my grandmothers do it. And I was like, there's no freaking way on earth that I am going to fulfill like that savior role. Um, and so it's only in the last couple of years that I've actually learned how to cook food. And now I actually enjoy it. Uh, before then it was like, well, you know, 
it's not, it's not going to be me. So somebody's going to have to do it. We're going to have to work out a way for food because it's not going to be me. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That's really good to hear because I know a lot of people who've been really actively in their relationships trying to push against those gender roles, but then as soon as the pandemic happened, they just reverted to old habits. But it sounds like you never had those old habits to begin with. I was too crazy. Like I was just, I've always been quite fixated on not being that in a lot of ways. And yeah, I definitely get caught up sometimes in like overthinking motherhood, but then I have to just give myself a reality check and go, you know, my kids are fine. I'm fine. Like if this is the worst I can do for them, I'm just fine. Like it really is fine. And they have to, I've got friends with older kids, which is so helpful. Like always get yourself friends with like kids who are grown up because they just don't give a shit anymore and um, they've got a really realistic perspective. So one friend of mine is like, look, if you can get them to 18 and they're not in jail, then I count that as a win. And I think that's a really perspective, like really like healthy perspective to have. Like let's, and she just says like lower your expectations, then lower them further love. Like just everything, everything will work out. And if not, you have to give them something to talk about in therapy later. You just do. Um, Otherwise, like if you give them a perfect childhood, they'll have no self-growth. So I try and think about things like that. Yeah, I love it. I'm the same. I've got a friend who's got seven children. um, And so she's my go-to. Anytime I'm like, should I be worried about this? And she'll be like, ah, nah, it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lol. You're really worried about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Yeah, she's like, you think that's a big deal? (laughs) You should have seen my house this week. (laughs) It's true. Like, just roll out, like, the worst parenting story you can come out with. And you're like, oh, no, I do feel better. Look, hot tip. I did go through a period a few years ago where I was really anxious and a bit like, I just felt like I was failing as a mother. And what really cheered me up, this is going to sound completely inappropriate, but it did. I started watching random breath testing Australia, that (laughs) RBT show, right? And they'd pull over parents who were like drunk driving with kids in the car at like 12 o'clock at night. And I thought, no, I'm actually all right. Like I'm actually pretty good. Like I did it. Like I've never tested positive to methamphetamines on like an RBT show. So actually quite fine. So that cheered me up. Look, if you're really freaked out about your parenting, watch RBT. I love it. That's hilarious. That's brilliant. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to ask you about something specific, which is for people who don't know you, Leonie, you do all sorts of crazy stuff, whatever you feel moved to do. And one of the things you felt moved to do this year was write an erotic novel, which I think is just like brilliant and hilarious. Um, I haven't read it yet because I've got a Kobo and I think it's only on Kindle, but one day I will try and get a hold of it. Anyway, but what, what brought you to do such a random thing? <laughs> So, I mean, I have a creative career. I feel very, very lucky for that and I can create whatever I want. But definitely like part of me goes, okay, but what's going to make the most amount of money, you know? And so I'll end up moving into that direction. And it's some, I've been, I love erotic novels. I love romance novels. And I've been thinking about doing it for a few years and it was just, it was annoying me that I kept on going, oh, I just wish I could write a romance novel or an erotic novella. And you know, my husband and my friends and like my business associates, they'd be like, that's great, Leonie. Like, stop talking about it and just go do it. Like, who gives a shit? Just go do it. If you want to do something, just go do it. And eventually I got bored of myself and thought, you know what? I'm going to give myself, you know, a full week off 
work that whole 10 hour cycle jesus like i work so hard um (laughs) and just write a book instead and i did and it was such a thrill it felt like such a massive and wildly free thing to do just massive just a massive level of freedom and such a gift to myself to say yes to myself and to say yes to you know a really random and reckless idea yeah, I love it. And I think when you're lucky enough to be in the position where you can do that, you know, we should absolutely grab these opportunities. They're so, you know, it's such a privilege to to be able to do that. So we should. Yeah. And I mean, this is the thing. We all can do these kinds of ridiculous projects, you know, like we need to make more room for them because hands down, it will be, you know, the best thing I did this year was to give myself that that week. And I cried and cried when I'd finished it because I felt like I'd just given myself the sweetest gift of self-love ever to gift myself, you know, something that wasn't necessarily profitable, wasn't done for any other reason, but just for the gloriousness of it. Are you loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book designed to nourish your mind, body and soul after childbirth and my second book newborn mothers was a bestseller i know i can't believe it either it's about baby brain village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting you can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com books i love it which brings me to talk about a book that we were just talking about um, before we hit record which is called the artist's way and if People haven't read it and they want to find more creativity in their lives. It is the book and has been, I think it was written in like the 70s, wasn't it? Oh, written in the 90s, but I think based on a program that she was running live since the 70s. So it's, it's, it's proper, you know, the book. And anyway, in it, she advocates for something called artists dates where you go for two hours by yourself um, every single week and you're not allowed to invite anyone. And I find that really challenging you know, when I do my artist dates, my instinct is to go like, oh, I should just bring my friend along or maybe my husband would like to come or, you know, what if I just do it with my toddler? But it's that, that actual challenge of saying two hours of free joy alone. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that stimulates these ideas, isn't it? Like writing an erotic novel. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think it's also just a sweet time to reconnect with your very own best friend and that's that's yourself and that this is the thing as soon as we become mothers like our energy is outside ourselves all the time just trying to keep these little beings alive and happy um and so we do need to carve out points where we return to our own solace and solitude and um become friends with ourselves again because let's face it like we the only person that we are going to spend the rest of our lives with every moment of every day is ourselves. So let's have a really beautiful relationship with, with ourselves. Let's like count ourselves as our own best friend and give ourselves the gift of having a really beautiful relationship with them. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. In order to be able to do that, uh, this is another question I always like to ask, what kind of support do you have in your business and in your home that means that you can find the time to be able to do these kinds of things? Uh, So first and foremost, I feel very lucky. Um, My husband 
stopped working in order to support me in my career and for us to be able to raise our family together. Um, and I so feel extraordinarily lucky and grateful for that. Um, and two, I, I did, however, have to realize like I, I do need to leave the house. Like I do need to like give them over, give the children over to my husband. And especially with baby number one, it was really hard. The one that cried and just loved mummy so much. It was, Mummy's boobies, let's face it. Um, I mean, they've been phenomenal. Like, I've, I get it, why she's such a fan. Um, but, um, you know, like, actually carving out that time, go, you know what, I actually need to, as a matter of almost life and death, have time away for myself to be with myself because otherwise I turn into a very cranky person and it just feels disastrous. So it's... It, it's not a nice to have. It's a vital to have. Um, so I'm grateful to my husband's support. And um, in terms of my business, for me, I've tried having a large team in my business and I absolutely hate it. I hate it with every cell in my being. I am not born to manage staff. I had up to like 25 staff at one point and I didn't love that it meant that I was spending my whole day managing people's problems and managing, you know, their, their emotions and all that, that stuff. Um, instead, for me, what, it, what works better is for me to have a very streamlined business model that's hyper profitable and I have one part-time assistant who leaves me the fuck alone pretty much all the time. Um, and so that I get more of that quiet time to connect with me and create whatever wants to come from inside me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So for you, then actually having less support, but more independent support is really the key. Yeah, big time. And yeah. also like support that like gets how I do things. So, you know, I have had stuff in the past and I drive them absolutely insane because I change my mind constantly. I never know what I'm doing from day to day. I hate planning stuff out. I'll come up with these great new ideas, blah, blah, blah. Um, and of course, that's going to drive some people absolutely insane. Um, what works better is to have somebody who just appreciates my creative process. My assistant likes to joke that she doesn't know what courses I'm bringing out until she gets the sales email along with everyone else. And then she'll go, Oh, that's cute. I love what Leonie's doing there. Great. And she just rides with it and goes, cool beans. Like whatever you want to do, I'm here for that. However you want help, I'm here for that. Um, so I think that's really vital is having somebody who actually just supports your strengths and doesn't necessarily make you like, doesn't necessarily think you need to change who you are. Yeah, I think that's really important in all of life, isn't it? But finding the the, the kind of people who are, uh, I don't know, it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? it like is. who's got the strengths and that are going to match up with your weaknesses and but also accept you as who you are and work well together. Totally. And the only way you can find them is just through like kissing a lot of frogs and just testing a lot of people out and... Um, I've had like a series of like good ones over the years, you know, and then they'll go on to do other things. Um, it's not everyone that's going to work that way, but there's definitely going to be people that respect the way that you work and have the same communication style as you. So it'll be Bonza. Yeah, that's great. Um, I don't know if you have anything else that you feel is important to share with 
with like mums who are starting businesses or women who are feeling, because the thing is a lot of people, actually, you know what you'd be really great to talk about is perfectionism because I know that you let that go a long time ago. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that because I know that for a lot of women that's really what's holding them back. Sure. So first and foremost, like who isn't dealing with perfectionism? Ah, that's right. It's all white, straight men, right? They're like they're all like hyper confident and think everything they do is fucking turns to gold. So therefore, us trying to be perfectionists and thinking nothing that we do is ever good enough, what does that say? It's a construct of the patriarchy, it's a construct of white supremacy. And so like burn that shit to the ground. It's man-made, so it's bullshit. The very fact that we as women second guess ourselves as, you know, whether we should be in business and whether we should be like sharing our work with the world, whether we should be like all of that is internal patterning from the patriarchy that says women should like know their place in the world, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, fuck that. Like burn that shit to the ground and just carry on like a mediocre middle-aged white man um, because they have all the confidence under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, a mediocre man. Just, just act like that. <laughs> what yeah, would a just have, man do? <laughs> just have the confidence, confidence of a mediocre white-aged, like, white middle-aged man named Steve or Greg or whatever, you know, like you're better, you're better than that. So you can, you can, completely do more things than him and in in other terms of perfectionism done is always better than perfect always 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 and consider as well that in order for you to get to perfection and in order for you to be a great writer or a great podcaster or a great businesswoman the only way you get there is by doing it over and over and over again and publishing it and throwing it out in the world and seeing what sticks and seeing what doesn't. Um, and then working with the stuff that does stick and just carry on doing it just for the sheer joy of it. Don't worry about the numbers per se. Like it always drives me batty when I share something really great and it only gets like, you know, five, you know, five likes or whatever. Who gives a shit? Just carry on anyway and keep on um, turning up to do the work of creating and building your business anyway. I love it. And you are, uh, you know, a great model of that because can you tell us how many courses you have created? Oh God. Uh, so I think we would be up to over 160 now in the last decade or so. Um, so I've got, I think five out at the moment. Um, the rest were attached to a membership site. Um, but yeah, it's just keep on turning up, keep on sharing. And um, I have people who have taken every single one of my courses. And like, it's just beautiful. They're so thrilled. They're like, I just want it, like the Leone take on it. I just, I only just want to learn from you. So um, I'm cool with that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And then you just, you just throw it in the wall and see what sticks. Cause out of those 160, you've obviously at the moment narrowed it down to five. You don't need to keep all of those open all of the time. That would just be a headache to manage but but the process of making them and putting them out there is how we learn what works totally and also like you don't have to create 160 courses for me i that that's my my strong suit is in the creating that's where i have the most amount of joy so um if i was just going to market one thing over and over i'd get really bored um if, however, you like just creating one thing and marketing and talking about it for the rest of your life, that is also amazing. And what 
a lot of business owners do. So like it's whatever business model you do, it's great. You just work to your strengths and whatever resonates with you. Yeah, I agree. But I would also say that you don't necessarily know what that one thing is before you've done it because um, I'm, I'm a one thing business owner, but I did make quite a lot of other things before I was like, no, this is it. This is the thing. This is the one thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You got to like just keep playing really. It's not even like testing business models. It's really just playing and just going, oh, if I create this, what happens then? And what results do people get then? And all those beautiful things. Mm, yeah. And it's not where I imagined myself ending up. I didn't ever plan to be a, a trainer, um, but you know, that's, that's, where it landed so yeah i love that just create and um let go of perfectionism and and have a go and most of all i feel like your messages as well have fun with it yeah yeah and i mean have fun and smash the patriarchy as you go just by being your own magnificent magical self keep turning up and you know at our deepest level we are born magnificent at our deepest level. We are born with these rich and radiant gifts. And our only job is just to turn up and continue to like reach inside to touch them and then reach outside to share them with the world. And if anything, like if you forget that at any point in time, just come back in, remember those beautiful gifts and then keep on pouring them out and it will heal you like nothing else. Mm, I love that. I love that metaphor, reach inside to touch you and then reach outside to share that, those gifts. Yeah. So on that note, what are your gifts? What's out there at the moment? And if people have enjoyed this, where can they find out more about you and what you do? Oh, sure. If you come on over to leonidawson.com, don't bother finding me on social media because you, you'll press like on a billion trillion things and never see stuff from them again. The best thing to do is always join my mailing list. I treat it like love letters where I just want to send out beautiful free things to all my friends around the world. Um, so I do, I, I share a lot of free shit through there. Uh, and I have a bunch of courses. You're welcome to check them out. And the 2021 goal planners will be out next month as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Leonie. Um, and your, if you just type Leonie Dawson um, into Google, you, your website will come up and we'll make sure we put the link in the show notes. You're a champion. Thanks, Julia. I'm so grateful to you. Cheers. Bye. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.